Welcome to PR360, a weekly public relations podcast where we bring on the best and brightest minds in the PR industry. We discuss the important topics that you need to know. Tune in every Wednesday to find out. Hosted by Brett Dicer and in partnership with Global Results Communication. Find more information on globalresultspr.com. And welcome to a new episode of PR360. And I'm your host, Brett Dice. Please subscribe to PR360 on all your favorite podcasting hosting sites. Leave a five-star review if you like this podcast. If not, let us know how we can do better for you. But this week, we're talking about content and content specialists and all that other fun stuff that goes on with in the PR world with Sean Lawson with me. And he works for Global Results Communication as a content specialist with focus on writing impactful press releases, engaging blogs, concise web copy, and contributed bylines. So he is going to be a really great host to talk about all this stuff. So welcome to the show, Sean. Thanks for having me on, Brett. And the first question I ask all my guests is, are you a coffee or tea drinker? Yeah, so um, I would say tea. Uh, I really wasn't a tea drinker until my uh, fiance, she made this tea for me that had, I'm forgetting the ingredient. It was something like, um, like cinnamon or something or something even stronger than that. Whatever it was, it was really great because I had like a sore throat at the time. And after drinking it, I thought like I was getting sicker, but pretty soon I realized that I actually was cured. So it was like an elixir of sorts. So yeah, I'd say tea purely because of its uh, medical you know, abilities or whatever. So yeah. What I know about tea is that for throats, usually it's like honey, lemon, I think ginger might be Mm -hmm. one of them. Is that one of the ingredients? Yeah. Ginger. That was it. Yeah. 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 Honey and ginger. Yeah. All that stuff. Gotcha. So it's more like a ginger tea almost is what I'm hearing. Yeah. It's weird because when we go to like sushi restaurants, you know, they'll have like ginger. She'll just like Mm -hmm. eat it. And I'm like, you know, that's crazy. Like, how can you do that? (laughs) But, you know, I don't know. I don't mind ginger, but but that's a little crazy for me. It's like, oh, ginger. All right. (laughs) All right. Anyways, Uh can you uh, summarize your expertise to our listener? I gave a little bit of a brief introduction for you. Oh, yeah, definitely. So um, I'm a content specialist here at uh, GRC. And so that means that I write pretty much all of our content, be that, you know, bylines, blogs, press releases, web copy, landing pages. I've also helped uh, edit one of uh, a speech for one of our uh, clients. Hopefully I can write more of those in the future. But yeah, pretty much that's what I oversee. I also do, I help uh, a lot of our team members write uh, pitches and uh, emails, that sort of thing. But, you know, before working at GRC, I've had a lot of experience with script writing. So that'd be like whenever you watch an ad, and there's a voice actor talking or there's actors talking out of written dialogue and kind of like the stage direction, so to speak. So that was a ton of fun. I really enjoyed that. And then, you know, I've had other experience with, um, you know, more marketing writing. So that'd be like copywriting. So that'd be like something you'd see in an email that's like really encouraging people to click a link, to go to a landing page. I'd like to write the landing page. I've also written uh, direct mail too. So that's like, you know, the mail you get, you know, when you open your mailbox and it says like, oh, you know, be the first person to get whatever. So all I've done, like a lot of different forms of uh, writing, even creative writing. I've written a children's novel before with a really famous uh, illustrator who used to work for Disney. So 
I've touched uh, a lot of different forms of writing, but you know, right now my uh, my bread and butter is uh, content writing, you know, in the kind of PR uh, realm. So yeah, got you. And then it goes into it, but why writing? I mean, some people that like math don't like writing because it's not very to them logical. Mm-hmm. So for you, why writing? I mean, writing English at least can be a little difficult sometimes. Yeah, no, I think uh, a lot of it stemmed from I have a pretty mild form of uh, dyslexia. And so for me, writing and reading were something I was always terrible at. And then all of a sudden, when I figured out how to do it, because I had to go to all these special classes, because um, what we found out was my eyes couldn't actually track uh, words. And once I figured out, well, I didn't figure out, once my parents figured out dyslexia and put me in these classes, and I finally learned how to read and write. All of a sudden, I was I was hooked, and I couldn't I couldn't go back. I wanted to just keep pursuing it. So, you know, I had a little bit of a uh, uh, some doubts when I hit college, and you know, people would joke like, "Oh, an English major is just you know four years to become a barista and stuff like that." But I, you know, I kept with it because I w- I didn't have any delusions like I was going to be the next you know like Joseph Conrad as soon as I came out of like college or something. But, you know, if you uh, want to pursue a career in writing, you can definitely do it as long as you're open to, you know, other avenues and different types of writing. So, yeah, that's how I said I got really into writing was, you know, originally not being able to do it. And all of a sudden, just utter fascination with it. Gotcha. I mean, is it because you practice more in writing? Because that's always what I hear. If you're not good at writing, write more, don't write less. <laughs> it just doesn't really help you at all. Oh, exactly. I mean, it's just like any any skill, you know, if you don't practice, you won't get good at it. Or if the people say like, Oh, I'm terrible at writing, but they never really write. You know, you'll never know like any latent capabilities you have. Creativity is a little different. You know, some people are more creative than others, but you can always become a better writer. It just takes, you know, practice and just a willingness to become, you know, better. Got you. And then moving on to content, what is some integral parts of creating good content? Because we can all create content, but mm-hmm. it's depending if it's good or not. Yeah, yeah. What separates good content from, you know, just all right content? I would say, especially in PR, you need to be very aware of the uh, audience. So a good content is always aware of its audience. So are you writing something more for a lay audience? So these are just like, any person would pick up and read this blog or something like that. Or is this more, say you're writing a very specific press release. Is it for more of a technical audience? So you can use more of those industry jargon that, you know, these people would know you wouldn't need to like define it, you know, stuff like machine learning and AI and deep vision, that sort of stuff or machine vision. I'm forgetting all of a sudden on the top of my head, but those, those sorts of really advanced concepts, you know, do you need to explain them to the audience or does the audience already know what it is and would be kind of annoyed if you tried explaining it? Another thing I say that's integral to uh, good content is that um, it tries to do uh, all three or one of the kind of core principles of writing, which is either to, to inform, to persuade, or to entertain. So you don't want to write something that's so dry that the reader is just bored reading it. You want to have a little bit of entertaining tidbits in it, whether that be an interesting fact or some relevant news that connects your content to larger things happening out in the world. And I'd also say that any content has to persuade the audience to do something. You don't want to just, just, just educate them because, you know, typically when we're writing for our clients, although I have to use like veiled language at the end of the day, we would like the reader to consider 
using our client's uh, product or service. So whether I can't be, you know, explicit, because sometimes you have to, you can't just be overtly uh, marketing. You want to be kind of at least describing a problem and describing how a type of solution or a type of product is going to fix that. So that's where the pers persuasiveness comes in. So again, uh, good content is understands its audience. It uses all three forms of to persuade, entertain, and to uh, inform. And I'd lastly, I'd say that good content is concise. It doesn't waste words and it doesn't waste sentences. So let's say typically when I'm helping, you know, the other uh, PR professionals here, you know, when they're trying to tighten up a press release or tighten up a pitch, if I look at two sentences and they're basically saying the same thing, I tell them just to get rid of one or to combine them into one sentence, because you really don't want the audience at any point to kind of get like tripped up, so to speak, where they read the same thing over. It just kind of comes across as sloppy or it could come across just too long. So just you want to make sure the content is nice and concise. So I'd say those uh, three principles are really good uh, rules to live by when you're trying to write good content. And is this because, well, people in general have shortest attention spans. That's why you keep it more concise. Because, I mean, we've seen through, across the board that people have less and less time or attention on something. So they mm -hmm. will either tune it out or do whatever. Is that why we keep it concise? Because of the attention span issue, I guess is the best way of saying it. Oh, yeah. I would say definitely. Yeah. I think um, I was writing the other day about uh, for one of our clients, uh, they, they have this AI that kind of helps with like uh, video and that sort of stuff. And um, as I was just researching it, I ran across this statistic about how in the last 10 years, our attention span has just like drastically like dropped off. And, you know, I don't want to say I'm immune to that because, you know, I use you know social media like other people, but um, certainly uh, making your content more concise is uh is very important and you know today's day and age where people are kind of just they're just skimming headlines you know what i mean they're just looking for certain words uh that kind of just tell them what they need everything they need to know about the content of course you know sometimes people are going to want to read all your content so there's that's no excuse for being you know playing kind of like oh well nobody will read it so as long as i just like put in you know a few words here and there it'll look fine but again more people nowadays want to give me something, you know, I want something bite-sized. Like just give me what I need to know, you know? So that's why keeping your content on the concise, the pithy side is always, um, it's always uh, more positive and would be yeah. more effective. Mm -hmm. And then how can writers keep their content interesting while engaging clients? Because as we all know, working in a PR agency, you have multiple clients and you have to keep it all interesting for all of them and also engage them at the same time. So how do you do that? Yeah, that's a good question. So I would say that uh, it's really important when, at least if you're writing, if you work with multiple clients, be that, you know, two or more than that, it's always good to, when you're transitioning between writing for one client and writing for another, to take a little bit of a break, maybe like a five minute break and just read something you've already written for that client or read some copy on their website because you just want to get yourself immersed again with the, the voice, the tone, kind of like the attitude. What, what even is the product? What's their audience? If you just jump right away into it, you might end up just writing exactly how you would for a previous client. And well, maybe that someone might not notice that it, it would be slight enough that maybe in the back of their mind, you know, people might be reading it and be like, this seems kind of off key than what I've read before from this uh, client or something to that nature. So always take a moment to pause and to kind of reevaluate like uh, how you need to write 
for this new client. Also, I would say it's pretty important to um, always be looking for opportunities to utilize content you haven't used yet. So I don't mean like plagiarism, but what I mean is sometimes when you're writing for one client, you'll see like, oh, this statistic or this news, that this new piece of news actually is relevant for another one of my clients. So I'll tuck that nugget away and maybe be able to pull it up again later. Because sometimes client uh, content doesn't get approved. So you can kind of, uh, you know, break it down again and repackage it. Um, so again, connecting all these through lines is very important to keeping uh, content um, uh, interesting. Also just keeping you just like sharp when you're writing new content and that sort of thing. So I'd say those are uh, good uh, rules to live by for keeping your uh, content interesting. Again, I would say keeping it engaging. It's important to um, just keep it relevant. Kind of like, as I said, you want to be just a consumer of, you know, what is happening in the news because people are more likely to find something interesting or to care about a product or solution that your content is talking about if it is relevant. If it's talking about an issue that was relevant 10 years ago, the person won't really have any agency. And like, why do I need to keep reading this content? They'll just stop after the first paragraph. So it is important to kind of always have like your ear to the ground to be aware of what's like what's happening and how your uh, content can piggyback off of that sort of stuff. Got you. So I mean, what you're saying in the beginning is basically what I call a palate cleansers for like wine stuff. When you drink uh -huh. wine, you use wa use water to cleanse your palate. So what you're saying is when you're going uh -huh. from client to client, cleanse your writing palette by reading their own stuff instead of just going into writing because sometimes you can just write like yourself and that's even weird too for clients. Oh yeah, no, exactly. And I guess with, you know, my fiance eating ginger, you know, you sometimes you just got to like totally get into a new uh, headspace completely. You know, one of our clients, um, they have a very particular tone they like to use. And sometimes I'll be writing for them and I'll look, it, it's, it's a pretty sort I wouldn't say sarcastic, but they are trying to be disruptive, you know, and try to like, kind of like push the envelope. So sometimes when I'm reading stuff I've written for them and I'm like, oh, this is, I got to crank it up. Like this is way too, you know, uh, by the books, you know, like this is being a little too safe. I gotta, I gotta, you know, definitely like crank it up a couple notches. So, yeah. So I, again, also I'd say, uh, rereading your stuff is very good. That's, it's always important to be re willing to change what you've already written. So don't be like too, you know, um, committed to stuff you've already written. Be willing to adjust, to rewrite, to change, to reread, that sort of stuff. Gotcha. And then moving on to even writer's block. I mean, how often do you experience writer's block and what are some ways of just basically overcoming writer's block? Because that's another issue with like, you have writer's block. Now what? Oh yeah, definitely. You know, writer's block is always going to be something you'll have to deal with as a writer. I don't think anybody's immune to writer's block. Um, one thing I notice is that I experience it more often. So I try to take a power nap every day on my lunch break for like 10 minutes. And that really helps like just get me energized to finish the rest of the day. If I miss that window, though, it's a guarantee I'm going to have writer's block when I come in back into the office. I'll sit down and look at what I just wrote and be like, what is this? Like, I don't, what am I even writing about? You know, so it's always nice to like... Uh, take a nap. Also taking a walk. I mean, that's like pretty generic, but it cannot be understated how good a walk is for you. Just getting outside, smelling the fresh air. It's always really good to get your mind kind of rethinking about to, 
what you're writing about, a new angle, that sort of stuff. Um, another trick I like to use, it might not work for other people, but I think it's it's kind of interesting and you might want to try it out, is I like to listen to music when I write. You know, a lot of people do that. But when I change genres, sometimes I find that that gives me like an aha moment. And I re- I'll be reading a sentence and be like, oh, you know what? I can actually change it and this will make it even better. So um, maybe changing the genre of your music is another way to uh, get over writer's block. Nice. And then how can people improve their writing? I know we talked about it a little bit, but do you have any like specific ways on actually improving besides writing more? I know writing more is uh-huh. a pretty good one, but oh, yeah. is there any other things? Oh, there's, yeah, there's no shortage of ways to become a better writer. Um, I would say one is to uh, just get um, more used to writing. Um, okay, that sounds pretty generic. But what I mean by is maybe you want, like to scroll your phone when you take like a five minute, like you step away for five minutes from your your writing. Instead of going on you know social media or something, try opening your notes app and just try jotting down a bunch of bullet points, a bunch of ideas. So you kind of like your brain doesn't just totally turn off its writing mode. It kind of is like keeping it going a little bit. And that's just like a good way to just keep taking your thoughts and articulating them to words. That just like kind of like just getting so used to that I, that um, habit of just transferring your thoughts into language. Uh, another good one is writing with uh, pen and paper. Uh, there's, a, there's an interesting study I read about how when we type, we're thinking uh, words. But when you write, you know, deliberately, you're thinking, you think about the letters themselves. And I think that really just is very helpful for a writer to kind of slow down and be like, what is the words I'm choosing? You know, how does this word, you know, fit in? Like, what does this convey to the reader? Um, that sort of stuff. So just getting used to like writing with uh, pen and paper is uh, just a good way to kind of get your mind out of like certain kind of like, um, maybe just like the typewriter syndrome where you're just like clicking away and you just wrote a bunch of gibberish, you know. Um, I'd say a third one is to read your writing out loud. Um, and the reason I bring that up is because um, I was in a fraternity in college and there was an engineer. I was helping him write. Um, I forget if it was just for expos or is what class particularly it was from, but he was just having no luck with his paper. The first draft, he had like a D on it. And he's like, you know, you got to help me figure out how I can do this better. And I just like skim read what he wrote. I'm like, why don't you try reading it out loud? And he's like, okay. So he reads it out loud. And pretty quickly, he was like running out of breath, getting tongue tied. He's like, well, what's going on? I'm like, there are no sentence, uh, excuse me, there's no periods at all in anything you've written. It's just one gigantic run on sentence. And he's like, oh my gosh, you're right. So I don't think he really could have realized that if he had he not read it out loud or had a second pair of eyes. But, you know, really when you, read something out loud and you find yourself getting tongue tied, you find yourself accidentally writing and like alliteration and stuff like that. It's always important to, um, you know, you will never really catch that stuff. Sometimes if you don't read it out loud, so always be willing to read your stuff out loud. So yeah, so I'd say those three things, you know, just writing more, you know, on your phone as opposed to just scrolling. Um, I'd also say uh, just being willing to read your stuff out loud, being willing to have a second pair of eyes, look at it. And um, I forget what my second one was, but, you know, there's there is no shortage of great advice about how to get better at writing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it seems similar to what podcasting is when you're editing, you have to listen to your own voice. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's helpful because you start to hear those crutch words like us and ums. 
and then you go, okay, I really mm-hmm. need to stop doing that. So it seems like similar to that too, where you read or you talk out loud your own writing. You're like, okay, I need to put a period somewhere because yeah. I'm running out of breath. Oh yeah, or like sometimes you'll notice, like, man, I use the word however. Like I've started every sentence with the word however, and you sometimes you just don't catch that when you're just reading it. You know what I mean? And because uh, especially when you read stuff out loud, like that's kind of how our brains work. Our brains are reading just out loud in our head. And so when you just finally vocalize it, you can catch all these little like quirks you have in your writing you might not have realized. Mm. Yeah. And uh, what can, or what is content going to look like in 2023? I mean, now we have videos is really, really king right now. We have social audio Mm. trying to be relevant, but not really anymore. Like what does it look like? Yeah. Um, I think we kind of brought it up earlier about how people's attention spans are getting shorter. So GRC, we uh, commissioned a survey, uh, I believe it was last year, and it asked, you know, PR professionals all across the industry, what is the number one uh, content that you're looking for, that you need? And overwhelmingly, it was a well-written press release. And so what what that tells me is that, again, people want bite-sized, they want condensed, well-written content. They want to, you know, be able to look at the headline the subheadline, the first paragraph of a press release and get everything you need to know about, uh, you know, a company's new um, partnership or their new product, what have you, you know? So I think, again, uh, content is probably going to go in that direction. And that's, you know, why video is so successful. Like, you know, those short kind of videos, people like, you know, they want to just get something really fast, you know, as our society is speeding up, which is kind of a bummer because I do really like writing long form content, but you know, you just got to adjust. I think there'll still be definitely a place for long form content. I just think there will be more of a opportunity and more of a spot for that more short condensed form of writing, particularly press releases. So if you're a PR professional, you know, really want to refine and hone your press uh, press release writing skills. So it's basically like the press release effect on all content is that people want to know quickly what the main Mm -hmm thing you're talking about exactly Mm -hmm. yeah the people don't like it when you mince words you know um i don't know if i mentioned this earlier but fluffy content that is kind of just again just reiterating the same thing over and over again it's going to lose the reader's attention attention so you really want to make sure that each sentence is presenting a new idea new information you know um in copywriting that's sometimes called the slippery slide it can be a little obnoxious because I don't know, you sometimes you'll get these ads where the person is talking about this product, but they never get to it until the very end. I'm not saying you need to do that, but what you want to do, it's a good kind of uh, strategy in that when you're writing, each sentence needs to be unique. It needs to deliver something new to the audience and it needs to want them to read the next sentence. You know what I mean? So it's just like, like as the slippery slide implies, they're just sliding down your content, reading all of it. Um, or wh- whether that's like the headline to the subheadline to then the um, intro paragraph. It's like, they just like, boom, boom, boom. They read all of it. Like, got it. I know what's going on. You know, I know what this company's MO is. So, okay. Nice. Exactly. And then fun question for you. What is your, what was your favorite childhood, child, children's book uh, when you were a kid? That's a good question. Yeah. So again, I really had a tough time reading as a kid, but my mom would read to my brothers and I, um, a lot of different books. And my favorite for sure was uh, The Hobbit by uh, J.R.R. Tolkien. Um, that book is 
phenomenal. I mean, I've reread it multiple times now. And each time I reread it, I get, you know, it's just so entertaining. It's just so awesome. And then I'd say number two would probably be C.S. Lewis, uh, Chronicles of Narnia, The Silver Chair. I feel like a lot of people, um, typically when they think of, you know, Chronicles of Narnia, they think The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, or maybe um, Prince Caspian. But The Silver Chair is really good. It's just full of such uh, awesome imagery, allegory, and stuff you might miss, you know, reading as a kid. But then when you read it as an adult, you're like, oh, wow, this is this is pretty complicated. This is really awesome stuff. So, so yeah, definitely those two books. Nice. Hey, I mean, two best friends writing really great for, uh, trilogies or even like long book series. It's not a bad list. Oh, yeah, definitely. They have a it's really I mean, a lot of people are familiar with their uh, their society called the Inklings. They're like a group of writers that are meet in like pubs and that sort of thing. They had a buddy named uh, G.K. Chesterton. His his books are also really good. Not uh, not really the same. They're not like, you know, fantasy. They're more like philosophy. But those books are cannot recommend those enough either. They're really good. They're more meaty, you know, pretty lofty ideas. But G.K. Chesterton's the man. I love his stuff, too. Well, to be fair, C.S. Lewis did write some pretty meaty books besides Lion, Witch, the Wardrobe as well. He did. Yes, that is true. Yeah. Yeah. It's like so many people just think, you know, Chronicles of Narnia. But he wrote he was an avid writer. He wrote a lot of or prolific. That's a better word. Yeah, he wrote a lot more, um, you know, meaty stuff. So, but yeah. What about you? Do you have a, did you have any good books you really liked when you growing up? Hmm. I think Lion, Witch, the Wardrobe was probably one of the, my favorite ones. Plus The Hobbit. I mean, the cl- classic ones were always good, but I also liked Dr. Seuss. Oh, yeah. I mean, who doesn't love Dr. Seuss? And what was it? Green Eggs and Ham was probably Cat in the Hat. Oh, yeah. So... Those are, yeah, those are the only books I could really read, you know, with, with, my, with my dyslexia, you know, so I appreciated those ones too. All right. Any final thoughts for listeners? Yeah, sure. I just, uh, you know, anybody can get better at writing. You know, you might not be super creative, you know, or you might not have amazing prose, but that shouldn't, you know, discourage you from wanting to practice more and just get into a habit of writing uh, more, more often, uh, allowing yourself to um, have other people, you know, edit it, that sort of stuff. Just always be willing to just get better and you will. So that's what I'd say about writing. All right. Thank you, Sean, for joining PR360 and sharing your knowledge on content. Of course. Thanks for having me. And thank you for listening to PR360. As always, please subscribe to PR360 on your favorite podcasting app and leave a five-star review if you like this podcast. If not, let us know how we can do better for you and subscribe to the youtube page as well but join us next week as we talk to another great thought leader in the pr industry all right guys stay safe get to writing more and hearing your writing and see you next week later